0: Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians.
1: Welcome to The Seminarian Show. I'm Dalton Irvin from the Diocese of Victoria in Texas. Joining me are Jonathan Torres from Charlotte, North Carolina, and Gordon Mott from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, so a part of the Lord's Prayer, really, uh, I'd like to use as a lead into this, uh, the concept of give us this day, our daily bread. Uh, I think a lot of people like it because they like food in general. And, and bread. Uh, and <laughs> bread. Who doesn't like bread? Carb load. Um, but with that kind of leading into the idea, not the idea, the very real reality um, and divine command to fast as a form of prayer. Um, fasting has deep roots that even predate Christianity. Um, you see in the Old Testament, uh, David fasted. When Jonah went to Nineveh, he called uh, for prayer and fasting and penance. Um, throughout the the work of the prophets, calling uh, God's chosen people to fast um, as a way of, of repentance, but also as a way of calling themselves uh, to remember the good things the Lord has given them. Mm-hmm. Uh, And and then in the New Testament also we hear Jesus talking about fasting. Uh, When the apostles were unable to cast out the demons, um, Jesus says this cannot be done by prayer alone but by prayer and fasting. Uh, And he also warned us that after he was gone we would need to fast Mm -hmm. uh, when he tells the Pharisees that uh, you cannot fast while the bridegroom is with you, but there will be a day uh, when the bridegroom will not be with you. Well, these are those days, so our call to fast um I think the most common days of fast that we think of are Ash Wednesday and good friday um pretty big days what What would you say is the most common understanding of fasting in America?
0: Yeah, I think fasting the idea behind fasting um at least a common idea behind fasting is. The notion that we give something up to tame our passions. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's usually tied to our prayer and our love for God. Um, So it's almost like we're proving that we love God in our actions. And so our prayers, while it's good to pray for whatever we might pray for, in fasting, our prayer is backed up by action, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, I think that's um I think that's a common understanding of fasting.
1: Yeah and you know even in the in the early 1st century uh document the Didache right mm-hmm. the teaching of the 12 roughly translated uh, they the early Christians were called to fast on separate days than the Jewish people mm-hmm. the ones who remained Jews right i forget yeah. well we went to Tuesday Friday instead of Whatever, whatever the translation of the dedication yeah, is, exactly. but but this call to fast on different days to to make ourselves as a distinguished group mm-hmm. about this, um, there is a continuity as well as something new happening. Yeah, um, but I think you hit a good point there where it it has to be bound up in love of God and conformity to God and His will. Mm-hmm. This giving up. Uh, whatever it may be, whether you're fasting from food or TV, yeah. Uh, most commonly, I think food is what the church calls us to fast from. Yeah, you know, especially on those days, and also the fast that is probably also most uh, overlooked—the hour fast before receiving communion.
0: Yeah, that's right. Right. See, that's what's
1: that? Crazy. What are you
2: talking about? An yeah. Hour fast
1: before <laughs> communion? What? The hour <laughs> fast from all food or drink except for water and some medicine. Yeah, yeah. your medicines you need to take. An hour before communion, some would argue black coffee um does not break the fast, others would not so argue
2: um, <laughs> but it's worth remembering too, right that like people tend to think oh well, you know that's 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 a lot to ask you know, an hour before communion, but you know it wasn't all that long ago that the church required a twelve hour fast before communion, so yeah. you didn't eat you know the day uh, uh, you know before, after uh, the evening before so
0: well and my my um cousins are actually Greek Orthodox and they don't eat anything until they've been to mass. Mm, um so yeah. that's in their custom.
1: Yeah. I think uh there is a we lose a lot when it comes to fasting. At least I can say that for myself. Um I grew up with an idea of fasting that was well you just don't do it. Why do you not? Why do you not eat? Yeah, uh, yeah right your three full meals on Ash Wednesday or Good Friday. Mm-hmm. Because the church says you don't eat three right, full exactly. meals. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Yeah. Jesus suffered, you should too. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. right. Um, which is a part of it. You know, this uniting your suffering uh, mm-hmm. for, for God uh, with Christ on the cross. Um, cultivating this hunger in your life, realizing that ultimately only God can satisfy that hunger. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can eat, but that that feeling of fullness will go away. Right. right, Jesus will will give us drink when we'll never thirst again. Right, um, but I didn't get that growing up, <laughs> um, and probably because of myself not being very studious in my <laughs> catechesis,
0: uh, catechism classes. Right, it's just part of the culture. It's what you do, like mm-hmm, you said. Mm-hmm. You just you know that you well, fast on Ash Wednesday. And even
2: party. when I came into the church, is uh, what I had been told was that fasting was just because the church says, and mm-hmm. it's like well. There's got to be more to it than that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it wasn't until I started reading that I realized that there was a depth to it, you
1: know? Yeah. And I think when we realize that it's not just a mandate by uh, this earthly church who does hold the keys of heaven and, and mm-hmm. earth, and earth uh, both the, both keys given to Peter, when we realize that it's actually a divine command that was spoken by the prophets and spoken by the Lord himself, yeah, um, to fast and pray. Then we enter into a new realm of understanding of fasting. And then we can turn our wills when we do fast and we're a little grumpier because we're not having our second or third or fourth cup of coffee mm-hmm. or we didn't eat two eggs sunny side up, two <laughs> or three sausage links, some hash browns and two pieces Pancakes, of wheat on, toast right? yeah, buttered, <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is you like to eat for breakfast. Are you hungry, Dalton? <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody say breakfast? <laughs> or, you know, but Instead of just dwelling on the fact that you're hungry, you move past that that dwelling on, Well, wow, yeah. I'm really hungry. My stomach hurts. I'm so hungry.
0: Right. And that's what our Lord shows us when he was tempted in the desert. His fasting called to mind how man does not live on bread alone, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what that suffering is supposed to remind us of that. Yes, my body's hungry, but how much more is my soul hungry for the Lord?
2: Well, but see, that's why it's so appropriate that you started our show today with the Lord's Prayer, right? Because the Lord's Prayer appears twice in Scripture. And if you actually look at the source text, so it appears in Matthew and it appears in Luke. And when the version that we pray is the one from Matthew, give us this day our daily bread, and we understand that as physical sustenance, right? But in Luke... What's generally translated as bread doesn't really work out that way because in the Latin it's super substantialism, like, wait a minute, super substantialism, that sounds like super substantial. Wait, what's that? But in the Greek it's epiusius, give us this day that bread which is greater than bread. It's literally a prayer for the Eucharist, right? So there's two dimensions to that. It's like our dependence on earthly nourishment, which God provides, but also, in the very same prayer, we lose the aspect of there's this whole entire dimension of God providing the spiritual nourishment we need, which is far more important, right? Mm-hmm. And so then there's a lot of wisdom in fasting, right? Like, it is, to a certain extent, it's not just, well, I'm just going to give up this thing because I'm going to take up a physical practice, right? But, like, I'm going to remove this thing that's easy to focus on so that I can focus on the thing that's not so easy to focus on. Right. You know so I, I i think it's brilliant that you started with the lord's prayer thank you for that
1: yeah that that did have a purpose i'm <laughs> <laughs> not shooting in the dark <laughs> no um but yeah i think that um that's a good point that you know, <coughs> food especially for us here in america um food is something very easy to come by it's a, hunger is something easy to satisfy yeah um for many people not everyone i realize um but for most of us you can grab a bag of chips or a quick sandwich. Um, and that's that's just feeding your hunger, and, whereas we do need to turn ourselves and realize that hunger of the soul uh, for God. Yeah. Um,
0: and I think even naturally, we get so caught up with all our get-togethers and parties, whatever, are so centered around food mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it's easy to indulge and not even think twice about it. Um, I think we really do struggle in, in our society with gluttony. Oh, yeah. And so— to and of course fasting is not saying that the that that physical pleasure is bad or that we shouldn't enjoy you know having a good meal with friends mm-hmm. every once in a while but it is trying to get our focus onto what it actually means to be hungry what it means to be fed and how we should approach the goodness that is in food itself mm-hmm. um all these things are to help us in the temporal life to Try to live according to higher things. So, yeah, I
1: just want to real quickly read what the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops says uh, for fasting and abstinence here in the U.S. Um, canon law is a little stricter, but they do give provision for the Conference of Bishops to make it a little more mm-hmm. um, apropos, <laughs> if you will, uh, for their for their region. So, this is what the USCCB has to say about that. For members of the Latin Catholic Church, the norms of fasting are obligatory from age 18 to 59. When fasting, a person is permitted to eat one full meal as well as two smaller meals that together are not equal to a full meal. The norms concerning abstinence from meat are binding upon members of the Latin Catholic Church from age 14 onwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, So two things there that I'd like to point out. Is while the provision is made, you can have one regular meal and two small meals not adding up to the one big one. Just because the church permits you to have so much doesn't mean you have to have so much. Right. <laughs> you know? Um a customary fast, more traditional fast was was bread and water. Yeah, you know, a substantial right. bread yeah. uh and water. Um I, I did hear this really funny story once from a priest of a man he knew who would have just a ginormous breakfast, his regular-sized breakfast on a day of fast. Yeah. He was a bigger guy, had a big old breakfast. And then at lunch, he'd have a regular old lunch. But then at supper, he'd have double portion and dessert so that the two smaller meals did not add up to his one full meal <laughs> at night. You don't have to play the rules. You shouldn't play the rules like that. That's not no, how it works. Right, right,
0: Exactly. And um, I, I know a lot of um close friends and priests that will fast during Lent every Friday. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. again, it's just the, the church is giving us these stipulations but there's it's an invitation to yeah. to fast. It's not saying this is what you have to do and that's it. You know, you're supposed to in consultation with your spiritual director or your priest confessor, whoever it might be, um, to tailor it to what you need. those are That's the starting point. Mm-hmm. But then maybe you're a little bit more advanced in the spiritual life, and you might be able to take on a little bit more, maybe a little less. It depends on who you are. Um, it's supposed to be taken individually. So
1: You're listening to The Seminarian Show on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. You can hear this show every Saturday at 1130 a.m. and Sunday at 1 p.m. and in the audio archives at stgabrielradio.com. I'm Dalton Irvin from the Diocese of Victoria in Texas. Joining me are Jonathan Torres from Charlotte and Gordon Mott from Columbus. So we're talking about fasting. Uh, we just finished a little bit about the the guidelines that the church gives us for fasting not being um what would we say? They're they're not meant to keep you from doing more than that. When they say you can have one full meal and two meals not leading up to that, it doesn't mean you have to eat that much. You can always (laughs) eat less. Um, This is also something interesting, I thought, um, something maybe that we don't realize a whole lot uh, today. But the, the USCCB goes on to say, if possible, the fast on Good Friday is continued until the Easter vigil on Holy Saturday night. As the Paschal fast to honor the suffering and death of the Lord Jesus and to prepare ourselves to share more more fully and to celebrate more readily his resurrection. Mm. Um, I don't think I was ever taught that the the Paschal fast covered Holy Saturday as well.
0: I wasn't taught that either.
1: I mean, I was always banking for Good Friday. Like, if you can handle Good Friday, which I'll confess, I know a family. Is it my own? Who can say? (laughs) But we have a fish, I mean, somebody has a fish fry <laughs> on Good Friday, but that's the one meal right, of the right, day, right. you know. Um,
0: well, my family would stay up until 12 o'clock midnight and then eat a bunch of food. <laughs> so eleven fifty nine, twelve. okay, open the fridge, you know, make cake or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they do. So wow. yeah. Yeah.
1: But this is from, uh, from the USCCB encouraging, if possible, I'm not sure what what the vision is that would make it not possible to mm. keep the fast. Um, maybe, Sickness, you know, yeah, like illness, health, sure.
0: health issues or, yeah.
1: But I just don't know if, like, early family holidays
0: maybe or... Possibly. I, I guess so. I think, you know, my, my takeaway is that fasting is meant... It's not so that you negate all your desire and your passions, right? It, these things always allow us to do something else Mm -hmm. so we only abstain fast so that we can love more right Mm -hmm. or be more human and so uh, i think a lot of people take fasting as the church saying we need to negate our desire or we need to detach from these evil things that is around us in the world and that's not it at all It's, it's really it's 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 freedom for, right where, mm-hmm. where' it's this idea that we're not we're not attached to the things of this world. They are good, but they can lead us astray, and it's just that reminder that we're called to to lead um, a higher life, that these things help us to l- function mm-hmm. and, so that we can live um the better life.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, and I think too, you know, fasting like sin, sin does not only affect you and your relationship with God, mm-hmm. but it also affects the community. Fasting in the same way touches those same three spheres. Yeah. Your relationship with God, mm. uh, your relationship with yourself, obviously fighting um, or wrestling with your own desires, your own appetites. Um, but then also the communal, entering into solidarity yeah. with those who do not have enough to eat. Yeah. Um, entering in when, especially when we fast as a community, as a church. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, we all experienced that longing uh, together. mm mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's hugely significant. Yeah, yeah. And and almost the reason why I wonder why we only have two. Now we see uh, two and a half, maybe with <laughs> with Holy Saturday uh, days of fast in our church calendar. Yeah, you know, to unite as as a whole church.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the church, you know, does ask that we give up something on Friday. Traditionally, that was meat, right? Meatless Fridays. Um, so the, again, the invitation is there. These are this is kind of the bare minimum, as like the church would say. You know, you must go to confession once a year. Mm-hmm. That's not saying go to confession once a year. It's, <laughs> it's that baseline, right? It's it's a low bar that's <laughs> they're setting yeah, in a yeah. sense. So. Um,
1: I don't know if if you t- you two remember one or two years ago now, Pope Francis actually did call a day of fast uh, for the entire church for the Christians in Syria. Yeah, that's yeah, right. I did. remember that. Um, yeah, and I that was probably my first encounter. I was a seminarian already for mm-hmm. a couple of years. But that was my first real encounter with this whole idea of a church universal fasting. Yeah. um, Because it was more than just the regular rhythm of the church. Yeah. Uh, But this was something extraordinary that the Holy Father was calling us towards. Yeah. um, Yeah. As a form of prayer.
0: Right. And and like you said before, that idea of community, that we're doing this together, um, brings home the idea of, you know, the church being universal Catholic. So,
1: yeah. I mean, because we're not just individuals, yeah, exactly. auto- autonomous beings yeah. who show up at the same building, right. Um, right. receive idea, our yeah. little communion and yeah. get out of there. It, we're a family.
0: Yeah. And so we do yeah. things as the family does. Mm-hmm. You know? So if dad says to show up at six o'clock for dinner, you show up at six <laughs> o'clock for dinner. So.
1: Oh yeah, that's for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Well> um, <said. laughs>
1: yeah. Th- that's enough of that. Yeah. Uh, so, also, I think in our in our culture today, this idea of fasting is coming back, but not in a religious way, mm. uh, like the idea of intermittent fasting yes, yeah. as a way of healthy living, mm-hmm. um, realizing we don't need to just be chowing down, yeah, right when we wake up until the time we go to sleep, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and that's you know, and I like to I like to use those natural images of fasting. Um, as a kind of analogy for what the church does and prescribes, you know, athletes—they always they're they're constantly checking their passions mm-hmm. in order to achieve a greater goal. Mm-hmm. Um, they're working out, you know, eight hours a day and giving up all, all of these crazy, you know, they're on these crazy diets. But that's because they have a goal in mind and they have mm-hmm. the hope of achieving that goal. Mm-hmm. And so, in in training their bodies, they have a very clear image of who they want to be. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing with us is when, you know, when we're fasting, we're giving uh, something up. We have an image of the ideal of why we're doing this, whether it's uniting ourselves to Christ more perfectly, whether it's training our wills to choose him more perfectly. Mm -hmm. um, It's, it's, it's a very similar idea. Yeah,
1: man, Jonathan, you're so much like St. Paul with the image of athletes and running the
0: race (laughs) If we could work on your saint to I can, be. I can no. speak, I can talk it, but I don't know if I can walk it. So oh, right. <laughs> You and St. John
2: Chrysostom in your school of holiness and wrestling and
1: <laughs> no, um, but that, that's a great image I think of, of knowing that there is a goal to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really good to remember that our fasting Christian fasting um, is to help us attain that Christian ideal of, of perfection, yeah. not necessarily the
0: athletic ideal. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. while fasting may help you shed a few pounds or yeah. or curb your appetites, cut out sugars, whatever it may be. That's not
0: the goal. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's not the goal. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's a great side effect, great <laughs> side effect. Um, but ultimately, our fasting is aimed at, at God. It's uh, spiritual. Perfection of ourselves yeah. spiritually. Yeah. Um, and... Not Solidarity to get in shape. of suffering, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not so much getting in shape, Yeah. even though we do accept, as we're learning in moral theology, uh, there are some side effects that we take.
0: Yeah, you know, it, you know, we're body and soul, so it's, yeah. it's both end.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think that that's one thing that maybe people struggle with fasting a little bit is that it does seem like we're we're denying the world, mm-hmm. and I know we talked about this a little already. Um, but if if Christ became man to sanctify the world, then isn't everything that these bodies draw us towards um, hasn't that been redeemed as right. well? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay. And that's that's one reason I'm like, well, you know, my body's supposed to work this way. I like I like food. I like food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like drink. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um, but then. At the same time realizing that when Jesus did come to redeem this world, it was to reconcile a fallen world mm-hmm. um, that still has some of those imperfections left in it. Yeah. Although he's reconciled it to himself and the Father.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, you know, uh, this idea of fasting also is not unique to Christians or Catholics. Um, already mentioned in the Old Testament and still today, uh, Jewish people mm-hmm. uh, keep fast. Yeah. And also uh, Muslim people. I keep fast as well. And their fasts are a little more hard than ours. Oh, yeah. I don't think they have the um, two small meals and one large meal (laughs) stipulation. uh, stipulation Oh, Ramadan? Yeah. Oh, they just have soup. (laughs) Oh, man. But it's a sunrise to sunset thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Who can say? Who can say?
0: I like that you um, brought up earlier how Christ uh, in the gospel said to his disciples when they couldn't cast out a demon that this can only be uh, done with prayer and fasting. Um, my pastor always used to say, if you want God to answer your prayers fast for that intention. Hmm. And I think that there's, there's, I think intuitively we know that, you know, it's not just enough to say, I love you, but to act on it too. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the, the idea behind it is, you know, how much do you want this? You're just going to pray one second and then forget about your prayer the next. Yeah. I think fasting really does back up our prayers with our love and action as Well, the substance.
2: petition is made that much stronger by the fact that there's kind of like a, I mean, there's this concept of a buy-in, right? It's like, if you've got skin in the game, it's it means more, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so it's one thing to say, you know, dear God, I love my brother. Um, heal him of his infirmities. It's quite another to say, dear Lord, I love my brother. And I'm going to fast for the next nine days because I know that he's struggling and it means enough to me that I'm going to amplify mm-hmm. my prayer right, in a way right. of speaking.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's it's very sacramental as well, mm-hmm. having form and matter, yeah, yeah. you know, your prayer being the form and then the matter being. Yeah. Not taking food to prove, right. or you know, to yourself and to God, yeah. that nothing else will satisfy you but this this prayer. Yeah, you know.
0: and those days that the church prescribes as days of fasting, Good Friday and um, Ash Wednesday, are meant to um, be united in prayer. Those days are intense mm-hmm. days of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, at least as seminarians, we know being at the church eight hours a day oh, on Good Friday, yeah. right? <laughs> Well, on Ash Wednesday. <laughs> and Ash Wednesday, People yeah. People
1: really come out of the woodwork yeah, on yeah. Ash Wednesday. More so than any other oh, day, really. Oh, they do.
0: Because they get something. <laughs> they get ashes. <laughs> Free ashes. But yeah, so those days, even the church, you know, in giving us those days that they give us to fast, it's on days that are supposed to be days of intense prayer as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's the wisdom of the church. And I think play. it's
1: harder to, to keep them as the world becomes more and more, or society becomes more and more secular. Mm-hmm. Um Not so many exceptions are made for Christians who wish to keep the fast on those days. You know, school's still in session on Ash Wednesday anyways. They're
0: serving McDonald's at the cafeteria or whatever. (laughs) Bring back the fish sticks.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So anyways, well, that's a great great discussion there on fasting, I think. Thank you for joining us for today's Seminarian Show. You can hear this show every Saturday at 1130 a.m. and Sundays at 1 p.m. And in the audio archives at com, let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we ask, dear Lord, that you help us be more fervent in our desire for you, above all things, um, to make your will a reality in this world uh, that seems to be drifting further and further away from you so often. May we be instruments of your love and peace. And may Our Lady walk with us on this journey and keep us faithful. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary Mother, Mother of God, God pray,
0: pray for f- us sinners, th- now, now and at the, the hour
2: of our death. Amen.
1: St. Joseph, pray, pray, pray for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
2: Amen. Amen.
0: The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of The Seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrieleradio.com. Uh-huh.
1: Sunday